It's a Thanksgiving Day episode. Welcome to the Capitalize on Your Idea podcast, helping you bring any idea to fruition. Now, here's the guy who makes it all happen while keeping his day job, Justin Escar. What's up, everybody? Uh, happy Thanksgiving for those who celebrate it. For anyone who doesn't, it's Thursday. Now, this is going up a day before, so tomorrow's Thursday, and tomorrow's Thanksgiving, and I hope everybody has a good one and enjoys it with their family and their loved ones and give thanks for what you're giving thanks for. I just wanted to take this week, because it's a short week and we didn't actually do an interview with anyone, I wanted to just uh, touch on a couple of things for you guys. Uh, one is something I never actually know, I never announced before, which is, do you guys like that intro spot? It's pretty, it's pretty awesome, right? Um, the music from that is from Jamnado. You pay a small fee and you get to use your just music all you want. So that's our intro music. And then I got a voiceover from Voice123. I paid somebody like a couple bucks to read what I had written. And that's that's what you hear every episode, right? How awesome is that? I'm going to go find him and maybe write some other intros so that way it's not super boring. But if you're going to do a podcast uh, or any sort of radio production, invest in someone who has a great radio voice um, to do your intros. So uh, today's episode, I wanted, like I said earlier, I want to just announce a couple of things. So one is uh, next Wednesday, the 3rd, December 3rd, it's already December, December 3rd, I'm going to be doing a presentation at the Launch NJ meetup at Summit Cowork. So that's uh, 41 River Road in Summit, New Jersey. Go to Launch NJ, uh, I think it's launchnj.com or meetup.com slash launchnj. Uh, or email me and I'll, I'll give you the details. It is a $20 RSVP, but you get free pizza and I'm going to bring some freebies and you get to see me and, and do some networking and I'm going to do a presentation on on capitalizing and, and outsourcing and such. So that's going to be a really good, good networking event. On the 4th, on December 4th, uh, not that it's public, but I'm going to be doing, I'm on a panel, uh, what they're calling the Shark Tank panel at Drew University, uh, a bunch of students are presenting products and I'm gonna be on the I'm gonna be on the panel with a couple other people uh, with Eric Nam, Clark uh, Legman I'm reading from a list here Chris Walsh and John Gillarain and we're gonna be uh, looking at some kids who came up with a mobile app so that's gonna be interesting to, to see how that plays out that's on December 4th uh, so a lot a lot happening going on uh, for this episode I didn't know what I wanted to do other than talk to you guys, but really what I what I really want to do is I want to replay an older episode for you guys. So I decided on episode 12 with Jason Womack, and not because he's my friend, not because he's going to be a keynote speaker at my Apple conference, ACES, next uh, next May, but because his message is, is something that people need to, to really learn and remember. And while, yes, you could go back and listen to it, I'm just going to replay it here so you don't have to. Um, and it's a lot about the time management skills and how to break up your day. When you do a lot of things in any one given day, one question people always asks, ask me is always like, how do you get it all done? When do you sleep? And it's to be honest, uh, I don't really sleep, but, uh, no, that's not true. I, I go to sleep fine. Um, I can jump from one thing to another, but you need to be able to have this, you need to have some sort of way of keeping track of all that and I, I do that I have uh, a couple different ways to do that I have um, 
my to-do lists and I have my calendar and I actually just put up these whiteboards on my wall in my home office that I can so I can write right on the wall. Um, I have a Kanban board. I have the project management. There's a lot of different tools out there, but you need to use the right ones for you. And Jason talks a lot about uh, time management and how to get into the system. So check him out at getmomentum.co. So it's not .com.co, getmomentum.co. And uh, I'm going to let you guys re-listen to episode 12 with Jason Womack. And I hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving, and I will see you guys next week. What's up, everybody? We're here today with Jason Womack, author, executive coach, all-around nice guy, crushing it in the scene, uh, helping people with time management, has a podcast, uh, the you, Your Best Just Got Better podcast, has a book, has a blog, has everything. Uh, I'm really excited for today's interview. Jason What's up, hey, buddy? good afternoon, everybody. I'm delighted to be here. And, you know, you, you got to talk about you a little bit more. I mean, the stuff that you've done that I find, just Google you and you're all over the place. So thanks for sharing some time. I think today, you know, I think between the two of us, we can give folks some ideas about how to do it, how to not, not just do it, but, you know, every day being tenacious, being that that I'm going to take control of this life, this world, this this experience. Yeah, so uh, for those who don't know Jason Womack, um, you, need to, you need to learn about him. Um, Jason and I have very similar paths in terms of my concept of Appitalize and, and his concept of your best just got better, um, helping people do what, what they want to do with their lives, really, right? You know, the, the tagline that I really fell in love with years ago is I said, I said, I want to help people do what they said they would do. And the kicker to that is, Justin, that most people say what they're going to do and don't do it to themselves. Right. They say they're going to take that project on. They say they're going to attend that conference. They say they're going to read that book. And then, darn it, something gets in the way. Life, work, world, time, relationships. And so I kind of see myself as a, as a clearing conduit, as kind of a, you know, here's if you were going to focus on making your best better, here's how to go about it. All right. Well, uh, so I'm, I'm actually only halfway through your book because I was in Vegas like last week and I just... Well, you read the good half. So I that's read the great. first half, right? I can't read while I'm in Vegas because that's just weird. Um, Competing intentions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like sitting there at the craps table being like, okay, I have 15 minutes here. I'm going to play this. And then I have 15 minutes at the next thing. And then I have 15 minutes at the next table. And then I'm like, wait a second, what's going on here? <laughs> well, you, well, you know, you really, I mean, it's, it, it's amazing. The book's been out for a couple of years now and, and around the world it's translated into Chinese. We got it in Russian right now. And, and you, you keyed off on something that a lot of people grab onto, which is, but one of the 10 chapters but I unpacked this idea of if people are going to manage time, I wanted to give them a different way of looking at it. I mean, everybody I know, they've always tried to manage time by A, making a to-do list, or B, blocking their calendar in sections, or C, some combination of the two. And so I thought, hey, let me get them to look at it a little bit differently. So, folks, the 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 illusion that Justin just, just made for you was this. Um, there are 96 15-minute blocks of time in a day. So essentially, 15 minutes is about 1% of my day. Okay, it's 196, but just go with me on this. Yeah, yeah, math works. So all of a sudden, I'm sitting there thinking, shoot, if someone emails me and says, hey, Jason, do you have an hour of time to talk to me about whatever, the first thing I think of, Justin, is that's 1% of my day. No, that's 4% of my day. Right. 
So all of a sudden, I built this filter, this arbiter that said, look, it, it's not time that I'm trying to so much manage as it's these big eyes that I have when I approach the buffet table. And darn it, but I still want to put more on my plate than I'm going to be able to fit in my stomach. Likewise, I tend to attract more than I'm going to be able to do left to my own devices. So we start to build some kinds of filters, some kinds of arbiters. I remember I, I got my first camera with the Smile Finder technology. Have you seen this yet? Yeah, yeah, the, or, or the face detection. Yeah, so they've got the face detection. That's been around for a while. Then some cameras actually have a Smile Finder where you hold the shutter down and it won't take the picture till it sees the whites of their teeth. Really? Anyway, I'm a horrible smiler. I, I don't, my teeth don't I, show. Right? Well, just wait. <laughs> and what I found was the technology of this, if I apply it to psychology, see, folks, we have this very loose filter. That inbox in email will fill up. That inbox in voicemail will fill up. The inbox on my desk will fill up. So I wanted to build some kind of a real tight filter so that I can, what I call it, create the blur zone. If a camera can put a blur zone around teeth and focus on that and then snap the shutter, what can I do to my work, my world, my life to create hey, I'm going to blur that out. I'm not going to let that distract me right now because I'm focused on this. Um, I always talk about reading because that's probably the gateway to personal professional development. Uh, everybody I know who's on a path of development, they read. They read, they read a ton, magazines, books, documents, PDFs. And when it comes down to it, they'll tell me, this. so Jason, I don't read because I have a lot of time. They said, I read because I can focus on what I'm reading. So a lot of my work is around focus, around decision-making, and around creating that blur zone. No, that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, for the, for the Appitalizer community, these are going to be people who have a day job and then have mm -hmm. like these, these extra projects that they're going to start. These things, you know, uh, much like what I did where I have my day job, I'm an Apple consultant, as everyone knows, and I say it over and over again. And then Autrieve, my software development company, was my extracurricular and then I built up from right. there. So it's really forgetting the, the nine to five day, you guys have to, or the listeners have to figure out how to focus in the evening or on the weekends or on their lunch break on those tasks that need to be done to get their project, you know, get some traction in their project and get their things moving. I mean, I'm going to say this as, as less of a question and more of a statement to check with you, but you did not start all the things you started because you had, quote, extra time. No, I mean, abs yeah. You didn't get to not. the end of the day and go, hey, look, I got an extra four hours. Let me write an app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, <laughs> it was no. like, this is inside of me. I have to do this. And the only bo box I've got is between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. or whatever that was for you. Now, right. what I'm not, you know, I'm not going to stand on a soapbox and say, folks, you have to work from 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. for your passion, for your interest, for your thing. There are going to be days where that happens. My thing is, can I get to the end of the day and have done what I said I was going to do and have a little bit extra? And it's not extra time. It's going to be extra focus, extra motivation, extra um, resource. You know, I mean, if, if I end the day and I'm bored, stuck, feeling out of control and totally stressed out, last thing I'm going to do is want to pick up a piece of paper and draw a mind map. Right. And now you have very structured days for some respect where like, you know, you block out time because I know that you love to exercise and you like to bike. Um, I I don't. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> you know, I, I you know I'm going to jump in because I I have structured days on days that need to be structured, right? So when the airplane says it's going to take off at 11:37, I, I absolutely that's structured. Around that, I've got this weird lifestyle where you know I I travel in hotels 200 to 220 nights a year. I'm on planes 100, 150 times a year. I'm out in the field, maybe in front of clients, 80 to 100 times per year. That lifestyle leads itself to instant change, uh, canceled flight, uh, running late client. So what I found is as important as it is to have a plan for the day, it's also important to have when that plan goes awry, how am I going to respond? Justin, my wife and I call it, Jody and I call it recovery time. and. We've been hanging out for about 21 years together, and what we've seen over the years is that when, not if, when we fall out of relationship, when when something happens, you know, they say a diamond is only a diamond because it's under pressure. You know, I kind of understand that saying, but I don't want the pressure. Um, when something happens that that kind of knocks us apart, both of us, we know we have this tool, whether or not we use it, that's totally up to the emotional state of our relationship at the moment, called recovery time. How quickly can something happen that knocks my plan? How quickly can I get back to full capacity? And I've seen people out there where they get knocked, uh, something gets canceled, something gets in the way of their day, something doesn't go the way they want. Um, I know you and I both run this where we hang out with authors, we hang out with writers, and you, you know, show me a writer who got upset that her article was, was declined, and I'll show you a rookie writer. Yeah. Show me a writer who has on her t- wall or has a binder with 250 rejection letters and can look at that and smile, and I'll show you a writer. That's how quickly can I go from knockdown to back up and, and moving and going in the direction. So you know, th- what, what I want to make sure that people think about is, yes, you can have a plan and yes, you can structure your day, but darn it, especially right now, uh, one tweet can change your life. You know, I, I mean, I don't know if this happened to you. Have you well, I mean, a- that's exactly what happened with you and I. Like, I bingo. I tweeted to you to say, "Hey, can I get you on the podcast?" Um, and you know, here we are. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's it's how do I be how do I be focused and nimble? Right. So people need to people need to learn to be to not be so rigid. People need to learn how to bend and. At the same time, people need to learn how to deal with failures and getting back up, which is a lot to ask from from people who are so used to uh, just, let's say, the nine to five job, go in, punch in, do my job, punch out and come home. And being an entrepreneur in any aspect whatsoever, whether it's you're owning a a company or a service or anything, uh, you need to be able to... You know, let's say bob and weave to get around to, to dealing with all these different things um, and that's where that's, I think that's a lot along along the lines of what you're talking about 
when you hit chapter five of the book and and for those of you wondering okay you know i agree with you justin i agree with you jason now what do i do it's it's 10 30 at night i'm i'm not doing what i said i was doing because i'm listening to you two guys <laughs> let let me give the tactic here's one of them changed my life forever back in 97 i learned this one um here was the tactic uh i, I went to the whiteboard in my office i wrote down about five people who I had spent the most time with in the past month. And then what I did is I put next to each person's name, I tried to divine what I thought they had or did. For example, how much money did they make per year? How many books did they read per year? How many days of vacation did they make per year? And for most of the people I had on that list, I knew I was pretty close. Two things about this. Number one, when I added up how much money all these people made per year, how many books they read, how many days of vacation, and then I divided by five, I had this epiphany, Justin. It was I was living about the average of the five people I was spending time with. That was huge slap in my face because subsequent to that, I continue to add people who do more or less of some things or other things. Uh, you, you mentioned triathlon. I added an Ironman triathlete to my circle of friends. Now, we don't hang out every day. I don't call them at the end of every training. But I know at some point in time, I'm going to have a chat with Quana, and he's going to ask me, how is your training going? And he's not going to ask me from the point of view is, you know, how's that 5K training plan you've got going? He's going to be pushing on me. Um, I added I, – I could – I mean I'll be totally transparent. In 2007, I added the first person that I knew who made over a million dollars a month every month to my network. And when I started going to breakfast with him, he asked me questions. He prompted me. He made me look at the world differently than anybody else that I'd ever met. You know, I'd met millionaires before. That's $83,000 a month. I hadn't met a millionaire per month before. Right. So the, the first thing that I want you to think about is who is that group of five that you are letting influence you? And then I can do this other thing, right? So the magazines that I subscribe to and the book sitting here on my bookcase right now, the magazines that you subscribe to, there's one editor of every magazine. There's one person who's deciding what articles get put in that magazine issue or not. I got to make sure that that editor, I trust her or him to be giving me the best stuff. Right. This one I learned because I submitted an article to Harvard Business Review a while back, and I got the rejection letter back. You know, sorry, Jason, we can't publish. We, they said, we receive over 100 submissions per month. Well, I went to my HBR magazine. They only publish like seven articles. And I'm kind of thinking, what are the other 93? Because I know mine was really good. Right. Wait, so, so what that, magazines that, what magazines do you have sitting on your desk right now? Uh, right now I've got let's see, this one is I got Money Magazine, I've got the Futurist magazine, I've got Inc. magazine, and I've got Leader to Leader magazine. Those are the ones that I've got right wow. now. I'm sitting on Wired and GQ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now do you download the Wired to the iPad yet? Okay, so I don't uh, and I'll and only out of spite for Wired and, and I'll and people a lot of people know this story, but Back in 2011, 2012, um, we had our apps on iPad Pro up on the App Store for $100. That was like when we first released it. And someone for Wired Magazine wrote a negative review of our app, didn't actually try the app, blasted the price, took a, a, bad, a snippet of someone's like moderately okay review and used that as the basis of their review. 
And people respond to that talking about how the Wired app, which was free, still cost $20 a month or whatever it was at the time for the for the um, subscription to the magazine and stuff like yeah. that. So I was kind of like, I, I, okay. I, it's a personal tip. I mean, I'm, pro- I'm over it, obviously, but I get the magazine for whatever it is, $3 a month on discountmagazines.com. Um, but you know, uh, I read, I skim them. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously good to bring in content from other sources outside of your realm in order to like, see what's going on out there. Well, that would be the second thing that I, that I wanted to say about this real quick, just to finish that thought before it goes away from my head. So that same thing about the people you hang out with, the subsequent activity of that for me was, Every now and then, I'll, I'll usually do this for a three to maybe a five-day cycle. And I try to pick it when I'm going to be in the office, I'm going to be on the road, I'm going to be with clients. And what I do, Justin, is I've got a, a three-by-five note card. Usually by the third or fourth day, I've got a few of them. And what I do is every person that I had an interaction with that was of any substance or, or consequence. And literally, I've had conversations with, with flight attendants, with managers of a different department than what I was hired for. Um, you know, when I'm traveling by myself, I'll strike up a conversation with the, the person who owns the restaurant that I'm eating in. But what I do is I write down their name, and then at the end of the day, I'll have 5, 10, maybe 15 people. I'll go back in my mind, and it's, it's, it's zeros and ones. It's binary. I put a plus or a minus next to their name. Did I enjoy the conversation? Was it uplifting? Did I not enjoy the conversation? Was it downlifting? All the pluses, I get some kinds of descriptors next to that. What was it about that conversation that I feel, wow, I'm glad I had that, glad I paused, glad I stopped, glad I engaged in that conversation. And what happens over that week or so is I start finding these qualities that I want to attract more of into my life. So one of the times I did this last year, the quality of that week was engagement. That is, I tended to have conversations, and by the way, by the third or fourth one, now I know what's happening because it's just it's how the brain works. It notices what it notices. But I noticed that I was having conversations with people totally engaged, whether they were an employee, an employer, an entrepreneur, if they were in college. I just kept having these conversations like, man, you really like what you're doing, don't you? And that acted as just a it, – it, it, it kind of spurred me to look at my own engagement. And so those are the kinds of things that, that at the end of that day, those of you especially who are clocking in, clocking out, right now you're working for someone else, you're getting to the end of that day and you're wondering, gosh, do I have the energy to move forward? These little things can sometimes kick that, that energy level up. I kind of feel like when I used to play video games and I would go get more life. You right. know, I'd go get the gold coin. I need some more life. Yeah, you need just something. You need a motivator of some sort to keep going. And, and the real thing about motivation, as we all know, it's like you know, the last thing anybody listening to this cast needs, and my cast too, the last thing they need is to be motivated. What I think we need is when we're motivated – how do we sit down and focus on what we, what we need to do, to have, to be? I'll get to the end of the day. It'll be 9.30 at night, and I know I've got one to three hours that I could be pushing the dial, pushing the needle forward. Do I let those blocks of time go by? Do I focus on that one thing that I want to be doing, or do I go out in the living room and watch a movie? I mean, those are big choices to make. Right. 
And we just had on, um, we just had on Leanna Newton from Auntie Leanna's Bakery, and she has a full time job. She actually works with my wife, and then she goes home and she makes these delicious cake balls. So next time you're in New York, I'll make sure you, you get some. Done. And uh, <laughs> and you know it's the same thing. She gave up watching TV so she can focus on her business, and it is it is her conscious decision to do that. Absolutely. Um, and for those who are listening, need they need to figure out not necessarily giving you're not necessarily giving something up to work on your business in the respect maybe to the extent of liana where she's not watching any tv or maybe she's watching you know 15 minutes of a rerun or whatever it is um but at the same time you do need to to manage your blocks of time you need to be able to focus and then figure out you know what works best for you we're playing around a lot right now with some accountability structures over in, in, in Get Momentum. And if we have time, I can talk about that later. Sure. And we've got these pods of people who in groups of two, three, four, they're picking something that they let the other small group know, hey, by Friday, I intend to have produced this. Or by the end of the weekend, I intend to have handled that. And the only thing that I asked for these pods of, of cohorts, I guess you could say, the only thing I asked of them is, as you're going through the day, if and when something comes to mind for one of your colleagues, just ping them. Send them a text, send them an email, don't hound them, and don't bother them. But if there's any way, I mean, look, if you said to me, hey, Jason, by Sunday, I want to have this particular piece of a project done. If on Thursday and Saturday I just sent you a WhatsApp or a text or an email, hey, Justin, how you doing? Hey, do you need any help? Hey, can I encourage you along the way? Hey, send me a picture of what you're working on. There's going to be movement. I think a lot of times people get into this silo effect where they are doing it on their own. And heaven forbid, you know, anybody listening to this, heaven forbid someone at home is not supporting you 100%. You know, it's amazing how we surround ourselves by people who may not get us, who, who may not completely agree with, you know, why don't you just go to bed? You need the rest. And you're, man, you know, it's, it's, it's almost done. The first, the first version is almost complete. Right. And I, the, the do you need help thing, I want to touch on that for a second because I, I do this and I see you do this also. We both tweet a lot out, how can we help you today? In some respect, whatsoever it is, I always do hashtag within reason. Um, I don't. I don't think I've seen you do that one, but you know, to ask, just even to have someone be there to offer the help. Uh, you know, we're there for you people. We're there for for the listeners, for those who want the help, because there might be someone whose family doesn't support whatever it is that they're doing, or they might think that it's wasting money or wasting time. I've played around and I've got different versions of this, but I've played around with the idea in my head of overestimate, underestimate, and whereas, and I'll speak for Americans or I'll speak for my own little circle, um, I can't go global on this one, but I think we overestimate 
this is just me being general, we overestimate the assistance that we should be getting from our closest fans, friends, colleagues, family members, and we radically underestimate the support and development and accountability and assistance that we could be getting from the outside world. And when I kind of, when I had that epiphanical moment, it's like, oh my goodness, you mean I can call someone and ask them for assistance and they may help me because they are a successful writer. They are a successful blogger. They are a successful speaker. Now, that's my industry. Each one of you have your own in that. You know, there's a little known factor, psychologically speaking, and it goes something like this. People love to help. They're just wary of how they were asked. So, folks, the moment you see Justin or me or anybody make that blast out that says, hey, will you help me? Darn it. Take advantage of it. Right. And uh, our, like our help isn't it's, – it's not that we're – we don't want to help you to a point or whatever it is. We're helping you because we want to see these successes. It has nothing to do – I mean I, I don't do it – I do it altruistically. I don't do it for, for like, oh, well, I helped this guy create this product. No, I, I want to see you succeed because I, I feel – you know that makes me feel better in general just for myself. And, and it's a great thing to see other people – yeah. follow in the track that that you or i have followed in wait so let me i want to i want to touch back a little bit so let's go we were talking about your social circle and we we're talking about helping and this all comes down to and you can hear my dog barking in the background and i apologize to the listeners um this all goes down to i want to bring this back to coaching do you or mentoring that's, that's right because we were talking about that before we started recording yeah, right yeah, right yeah. right so let's bring this back to coaching and mentoring so so just to tell the story uh i've had people come to me and say that they're professional coaches and they want to coach me and i'm like well i'm kind of a coach are you going to coach a coach um but do you think that people in that are trying to capitalize need the whoop, there's a little static coming from your side is that, is that, can you still hear? Still hear? No, hang on a second. Yeah, it's all like. Well, all right, I'll cut that out. Um, do you think that people need coaches or mentors or some mix thereof, or and how does someone find the right person to coach or mentor them? You know, it's amazing. If if anybody were to jump over to a, a search engine and type in Jason Womack and then the word mentor, you're literally going to find hundreds of articles and blog posts and recordings and TV shows. And, and I, I am a huge proponent of small m mentoring. And small m mentoring is the everyday, it's the it shows up. I don't I haven't seen very many formal mentor programs really succeed. And I'm thinking specifically about large organizations that I've been a part of or worked with who they roll out some kind of a formal, we're going to get the old people to mentor the young people and try and figure that thing out. My, my, my first question back when someone says, hey, Jason, do you think mentoring is important? My first question back is, what's the option? And if the option is I'm going to figure it out on my own, I'm going to do it because I can do it better by myself, I don't need someone else's ideas, advice, counsel, uh, critique, I'm going to say, okay, I don't, know, I, I don't know a place where that works, but I'm sure you're going to go find it. 
I think about the books that you and I have written and the, 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 the reason the books are so good, if I may say so myself, is because we had at some level edit- editors looking at our work. Now, Jason, are you saying an editor is a mentor? Maybe, because an editor is going to look at the work that I'm producing. They're going to ask me questions about that. They're going to ask me to clarify those things. They're going to ask me to find a different story of what I just told, if there's a better story of what I'm telling. So to me, a mentor, very simply, someone who trusts that I'm doing something that's important and that they can help me. Now, what you were describing to me, which was, you know, people kind of fishing, trolling, going through the internet, looking for authors, calling them out of the blue and saying, hey, I could be your coach. That one has me a little bit concerned. I know when it's time, and I've kind of tuned this, I know when it's time for me to go find a coach. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to call people like you and say, hey, Justin, who have you learned from lately that you think I might get along with and could I could you broker a conversation so maybe that would be it you know kind of take a look at the next 6 12 18 months of what you're working on who will you need to have talked to because she or he has run down that road before and they may have some ideas or advice that would help you out no I mean that totally makes sense uh you know you really want to find someone who's either done something along your lines or or um in an industry similar to, if not the same, that can definitely put you in the right direction. And I love learning from people's negative examples. So, for example, when we were remodeling the house, I don't know if anybody listening has ever done this little project before, but I actually invited, I think it was like three of our couple friends, and we brought them over for dinner to our house. And over, you know, I got them in, I gave them a beer so they'd stay, at least for the beer. <laughs> and I said, I said, hey, look, um, I know... In the past couple of years, you've all told me about your experience in remodeling your houses. And by the way, these three couples didn't know each other before they came over. I said, over dinner tonight, I want you to tell us where you messed up. Where over time that you were remodeling a house, where did you lose money? Where did you lose time? Where did you hire the wrong people? And I'm telling you, there were some good stories at that table. But you better believe I had a notepad nearby. Right. And while we were doing that project, I saw those things about to happen. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is what Quana was talking to me about. This is what Joe was telling me. So when that, that opportunity presents itself, that if there is someone out there who's done something like what it is you're working on, man, learn from the negative examples just as, good, as much as the positive ones. Yeah, because someone's experience isn't always a positive experience. I mean, I've told people that in app development, sometimes you have some wins, sometimes you have some loses. Right. You know, we lost. I, I personally, because it was my own, because I bootstrapped everything. I personally lost a lot of money on on a piece of software we built called Blackbook, which was a, an, in my words, an utter failure. Um, and you know, that's but it makes us a better, it makes us a better company, and it makes me a better. Uh, entrepreneur and it makes me better seeing like what's out there what needs to be filled how quickly should we come to market and all these things and that's important and and that led me to a very important thing which I've, I've discussed plenty of times on the podcast and I tell clients who are looking at app development over and over again minimum viable product and that's right. where I made that mistake and I learned that and I'm going to save you 30 50 80 thousand dollars exactly because I learned that lesson, whether I'm your coach, mentor, or just someone you asked a question to. 
you know, I'm sitting here kind of thinking this this journey that that and by the way, thanks for listening, those of you who are still here. But this journey over the past 20, 25 minutes, you know, what's the so that what's the now what? And one of the things that I'm walking away from just being on this side of the conversation, Justin, is over the next 60 months, the success that I experience is going to come down to the people who I hang out with more, the people I spend time with, the people I share what it is that I'm working on with, the people who I share where I'm scared, where, where, I'm, where I'm feeling failure. And those people that I share those stories with, they are going to either build me up or they're going to take me down. They're either going to equip me or they're going to try and talk me out of something. Right. And so I hope, you know, I hope that as people are, are, are listening to this and, and as you finish listening to this, please use Justin. And I'll speak for myself. Use me as a resource. Um, I'm really easy to find out there. If there's, if there's anything, I mean, literally, when I put a tweet out there that says, how can I help you? I really mean it. And I, I'm going to take yours little thing, right? Within reason. Within reason, yeah. Because someone, I think, someone asked me something ridiculous, and I was like, okay, within reason. And then someone, one of my friends was like, in California, was like, I can use a, I can use a massage. And because he was my friend, I did this. I sent him like a fifty dollar gift certificate to like a massage place, like near his house. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Um, wait, okay. So I want to ask one last question to wrap this up because I mean, there's we can talk literally for hours about this, but. Because you own your own company and because people now know you and stuff like that, for the people who don't, who are first starting out, who don't have these giant social circles, what yeah. is a good place for them to go find these people that you've been talking about throughout the, this call? Like, where would someone who's just starting out, lives in a small town, maybe, or maybe even lives in Manhattan, whatever, but like they're just starting out, they have a small group of like close friends, but you, they want to meet these people, these million dollar a month people, or these other um, app developers, or these other speakers, or these other authors, or whatever it is. Where should these people be looking to meet these people? Here's the one, and I, I let you talk for a long time to try and formulate an answer, and here's the one that I've, I settled in on. The magazines you subscribe to, the podcasts you listen to, the blogs you read, start with the authors of those and do yourself this little run. It'll take about five weeks to actually get some numbers behind you, but write to them. Call them. You read an article. I mean, there's a, there's a writer in, in um, Wired magazine. I write to him every month. Every month his article comes out, I write him a note, Dear Mr. Levy, here's what I think about your article, here's what I got from it, and here's how I see that conversation playing out. And over the years, that's turned into an email dialogue we have about three or four times a year. And most of, I mean, he's busy. I totally understand. But instead of trying to sit down and go, who, who should I meet or who should I write, you're already connected to people that you've been following, that you've been looking at. Now, the key to this, and this is what I had to learn the hard way, is can I write to these people? Can I reach out to these people with anticipation and not expectation? What, I write, what do you mean? I write a ton of, of, of these reach outs to people, and I do not expect a return. So that when I do get one and it does turn into a email exchange, when it does turn into a phone call exchange, and literally I've I've flown to New York and while I was there I had breakfast and lunch with these authors and speakers and writers. 
that started off because I sent them a note in the mail. I sent them an email. I sent them a tweet. And so I think I would say give yourself this good five, maybe ten-week experiment of you're already following certain people who are inspiring you who you haven't yet connected with one-on-one. I'm and totally who knows? Gonna, I'm totally going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this next week. I'm going to start going through the magazines that I read in my blogs and I'm going to start reaching out to people. I'm going to try this experiment. I mean, look, it, let's say just you and I, when someone emails you or I and says, oh my goodness, I've listened to all your podcasts and I read your book and da 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 it's like, of course I'm going to reply to them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love it when people, when people tweet at me to tell me that they've listened to the podcast or when someone even says, I just listened to this podcast, whether they're actually hitting me up or not because I search for the capitalized podcast, I immediately write back to them. I'm so excited to have people yeah. listening. And I thank all of you listeners all the time. Listen, If you listen all the way through, you would know I thank you at the end of every episode. I thank you for listening and I thank you for leaving reviews and the emails. I mean, I've gotten some great emails from people just because... I'm taking my time to help you guys in some way, shape, or form. And, and Jason does the exact same thing. And we, we, it's Let a me great... just say really quick, we live in America. We live in an acknowledgement-starved society. I think there are people who go through, go through a day. I, I bet that there are people listening to this podcast that today no one has looked you in the eyes, smiled, and gently said thank you. And what if, what if that was the little meme that we were a part of that just said, wow, I acknowledge the stress you're under, the work that you're doing, and how you're doing the best you can with what you've got right now. And, you know, there's these people that you and I have been reading these magazines for months and years. And, um, you know, what if we were the person that day to let them know that we're thankful? Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. So, Jason, where can people find you online? Uh, com, but jump over to Twitter Jason Womack that, that's where I kind of keep the conversation going would love to hear from you and then um, I blog a lot over at I'll give you the URL it's a long one uh, if you go to www.timetogetmomentum.com and I'll have Great all that blog the over there and uh, I put some videos up there that you can watch and some questions that you've got up there uh, and then anything I can do, just just let me know. And within reason, I'll do my best. <laughs> there you go. Jason, thanks so much for being here today, man. Thank you, partner. Thank you.